Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place Podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and thrilled to have with me today Faith Doolin, who is the founder of Harmony Psychotherapy. So welcome. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So yeah, so tell everybody what it is you do in the world. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and as Terry mentioned, I um, work out of my practice, Harmony Psychotherapy, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I work with individuals and couples, and I just support people on their journey of creating a happy and healthy life. Yeah, beautiful. Well, and how, how much that's needed, especially during this pandemic. Have you noticed a, a shift in in how this pandemic is affecting people in their lives? Absolutely, Terry. Um, I mean, I have felt impacts of it personally, um, just uh, additional stress and anxiety, um, sort of confusion and impatience. When can things go back to normal? What is normal? at the beginning of the quarantine, my husband and I encountered a phase of friction, <laughs> just being around each other all of the time. Um, and he lost his job at the beginning of it because of COVID. Um, so just additional stressors and trying to navigate a new life and being together all the time and working from home and Um, I have three fur babies, so they like to make unplanned guest appearances. (laughs) I'm sure you know what that's like, Terry, with your puppy. Yeah, that's why I gave you a warning beforehand. I said, Sammy might pop her head in because she wants to be in the room with me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I absolutely understand how everyone has had, I think, some struggle with this on some level. Some people have had really intense challenges through all of this and definitely stress and anxiety are higher. Um, I've had a huge influx of um, clients coming to me the the end of summer, the beginning of fall here, Um, a lot of marital tension. Um, I think COVID hasn't necessarily caused these things, but I think it's definitely amplified things that were happening um, before, and it's accelerated a process of escalation, if you will. So it's definitely been um, quite an impact on couples, relationships, families, and our lives, for sure. Yeah, I I noticed myself having trauma history and ACE, a high ACE score. Um, and for those 
who are new to listening, ACEs is adverse childhood experiences. And um, that I'm finding myself, like I put on 29 pounds because I was emotional eating. And then now I've started down this self-care journey over the last few days. I was like, all right, October 1st, <laughs> I'm going to start back to taking care of myself because I really did take a pause and said, why am I stuffing my face with all this feel-good food um, from Snickers bars to ice cream? And really realize that it's this isolation because I'm a very social person and just haven't been able to have the social interactions. We've had some inter social interactions, but not like we're, we're used to. Um, yeah, so. That's very relatable, Terry. Absolutely. Um, you know, you are probably trying to take care of yourself by doing that, you know, and your previous coping skills were not available, you know, and I'm seeing that a lot across the board um, where people like to go work out or do interactive sports with others um, and be active or social, all of our sort of coping skills were taken away from us, you know, and we're at home a lot. And so we're, you know, potentially stress eating, like you said, um, trying to feel better about what we're experiencing. I love that you shared that, um, and I admire your vulnerability in sharing that personal piece there because I absolutely relate to it. Um, I've been working on my physical health for quite some time, and last year I made some really great progress. I lost about 30 pounds and was meeting my goals, and then COVID happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all out, you know, and it felt very discouraging because it's like, I know the right things to do and I know there are better coping skills, but sometimes when things rock our world, right, we just kind of grab for the most accessible, familiar thing, which totally makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's like a soul sister moment right there because I had lost 27 pounds and now I've gained 29. So, and it was, and I'm not blaming COVID, but it, it, when I, when I sat down, I actually grabbed a journal today and sat down and started writing about it and saying, um, you know, let's take a look at what's being triggered here, Terry, what's truly going on. And that's when I realized the social part of it and the, that, that aspect missing, um, so I actually put a Facebook post out and said, wow, am I missing this, 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 and this, you know, getting together with friends, sitting around the fire pit, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's, that's it. So now I need to just find a healthy outlet, which is I'm sure what you work with people about is, um, you know, redirecting uh, to a healthier coping skill. Yeah. One of the things that I really like that I see you demonstrating right now is having self-compassion. Um, you know, I don't know that anyone alive right now has ever experienced anything like this on such a scale. And so there could be a lot of self-judgment, um, but nobody has direction really, <laughs> you know, and we've gotten conflicting messages from the media and the news throughout this, and it's been very stressful. So. I'm a big fan of balance. You know, what's our balance, finding our balance. And sometimes we are going to have um, the, the snacks or the foods that just make us feel a little bit better in that moment. And then we can also be compassionate with ourselves and say, let's take a walk as well, you know, around the block and 
um, just mixing those things in instead of retreating to a place of self-judgment. Um, so I love that you're embracing that self-compassion. Um, and I liked what you said about having a trauma background and the adverse childhood scores, the ACE, the experiences, that ACE score. Um, because I think this experience, the pandemic for all of us, has been triggering for many, many people um, for a variety of reasons. And when you've survived trauma, you sort of have this survive and thrive thresholds, right? And whereas you were thriving before and you were focused, you had the ability to be focused on sort of higher level needs to enrich your life rather than just surviving. Um, you know, now we've all kind of reverted, those of us that have trauma backgrounds to a survival mode, um, you know, and the, the higher level thriving practices such as maintaining a healthy weight and getting exercise and things like that kind of get pushed to the side because we're just trying to survive. So I think for you having self-compassion like you're demonstrating, I think um, other people that have had trauma in the past or maybe are being newly traumatized by this experience, um, being aware of that and not feeling like, you know, oh my goodness, I have all this time yeah. at home. I need yeah. to organize my closets and lose 20 pounds and learn French and, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. That is so brilliant. That was an aha moment for me just now because what you just said just clicked in my head like, that's it. That's it. That's what's happening is that, you know, I have been functioning at this thriving level for such a long time now as I went through the healing work with EMDR for four years and just learning so many coping strategies and building this huge toolbox of coping skills. And then now all of a sudden, you're right. It is that taking a step back into the survival mode of, um, yeah, I feel like fending for myself kind of thing. So, yeah, beautiful. And one of the things, so one of the things I told you before we recorded was when I was on your website, um, I love that you had on your, on your homepage, your welcome page, about your journey of unlearning all the stupid shit. And that just so resonated with me. So do you want to talk a little bit about that, what you've gone through? I'd love to, Terry. And thank you for the kind words. <laughs> it's yeah. so nerve wracking to try to write copy for web pages and <laughs> trying to find a good balance of right. uh, disclosure, self-disclosure, and then um, framing something that might feel helpful for others, you know, instead of portraying a blind leading the blind, which sometimes it feels like <laughs> we're all on the journey learning, right? So yes. um, let's see, unlearning all the shit. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, I don't want to exclude any male viewers, but I think just as a woman, there's so much that I learned as a young girl growing up about, um, girls need to smile and be nice and be agreeable and um, sort of nurturing, take care of everyone else and um, never be angry, <laughs> certain th things like that. I don't know if you received some of those messages growing up, but yeah, I certainly did. 
Um, and so it's been a lifelong process of trying to um, excavate what the bullshit is that we've yeah. been given to live within and consider what's really important and valuable to me and then embody that, um, such as, you know, being assertive. I think being assertive is a wonderful and effective communication skill. And it's surprising to me how many women, especially that I work with that really struggle with that. And they are afraid to be assertive because they feel like society looks at it in a synonymous way with being aggressive right. um, and bitchy, you know? Um, so that's been incredibly powerful to see um, other women on their journey and men too, again, not trying to exclude them, but I think society gives them different messages, not all good ones either. Um, but I can just speak for the female side, I guess, and yeah. my personal journey and how that intersects. Yeah, and I, I agree and I see it and it's so very true. I know we have a 14-year-old daughter and um, now my sons are older, but we really try to emphasize with our daughter, it's okay to have a voice. It's okay to express yourself respectfully, but my gosh, feel free to question authority or to have a voice and have an opinion um, because we certainly want her. We didn't grow up with that. You know, I didn't grow up with that. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. I love that you're fostering a safe place for her to do that and empowering her to do that. You know, it's absolutely okay for her to have a voice and it's needed for her to have a voice and we need it as a society and a generation and a future. So that's wonderful to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Wonderful. All right. So anything that you wanted to touch upon, steer in a direction and talk about today? Um, not particularly. Um, I haven't even had to think about that. You've been so great at just being conversational. I love this conversation between friends, you know, approach on, on this show. And I get such great feedback on that. People say, you know, I feel like I'm sitting at a coffee shop listening to two friends chat. And, and I love that idea. So, yeah. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Now I, I get really excited about gender roles and how we're breaking those barriers and those confines. Um, and I'm currently uh, writing a book about boundaries and balance <laughs> in life. So that's another kind of soapbox that I get on. That's um, awesome. I'm writing a book too. And I know the process. Are you? And yeah, it's, I, I'm about 90% and I'm stuck at that, that last, you know, is my message really worthy of being out there in the world? That, that imposter syndrome part. So. Oh, <laughs> oh I so relate, Terry. Yes. Is this yeah. your first book? Yes, this will be my first, yes. Yes. Oh, and what's it about? So it's the title of it is Unicorn Shadows, uh, From Trauma to Triumph, A Story of Hope. And or uh, uh, I can't remember what, what the last part of it is, a, a healing guide or something along those lines. But it's the whole premise is my trauma journey, mm -hmm. but then lessons I learned along the way because I want to keep it positive. I don't want it to be about... The trauma I wanted to be about the hope and the healing and uh, so then I the get triumph. exercises for people to utilize along the way that I've utilized from you know 
um, journaling to mindfulness practice to um, Ho'oponopono Hawaiian healing to, um, oh my gosh, prayer. I mean, there's just this collection of, again, of the, in the toolbox that I, that I use. So. I love that. I love that. So how about yours? What what is yours about? uh, Boundaries and and balance. Um, I um, read the Townsend and Cloud book called Boundaries in my early 20s. And the concept of boundaries, um, I think, really revolutionized my life at the time. And my relationships and my engagement interpersonally with others. Um, I've seen the topic come up so much in my work with clients. Um, and I've referred that book to them. Um, the book, ha- I, have you read it before? Have you heard no, of it? No, I have not. Okay. Um, well, that particular book has kind of become a staple um, around the topic of boundaries. And so I've recommended it to several clients. However, it has a very heavy religious um, framework that it comes from, which can be a great fit for some, not so great for others. (laughs) So uh, what I've been working on is just really kind of practical, applicable tools um, from a more secular perspective um, that doesn't have the uh, religious framework within the material being presented. So Wow, and beautiful and much needed because I know, again, in my work in the in the trauma arena, a topic that comes up often is, I, I don't know how to set a healthy boundary. I, I mean, I know myself personally, my sister and I would say, we didn't even know what boundaries were. Like <laughs> when, the, when, the, when it finally came to light, what's a boundary? How do we do that? Yeah, so beautiful. Thank you for that. Absolutely, and I think you're right. Those that have experienced trauma, especially as children, um, having sort of the basic healthy boundaries, um, even like physical boundaries of this is my body and um, I have influence over what happens to it, those are violated. And we can even learn opposite lessons um, that contradict having healthy boundaries. You know, as a child, we might Um, learn this lesson that we need to allow our physical boundaries to be violated so that we can be loved. Um, And our very survival as children who are traumatized or abused is dependent on um, allowing our boundaries to be violated. So that can be really intense, heavy work um, to learn about it and then to implement them without feeling like you're losing um a really core mode of operandi you know like this is something you've done for years that you feel like has worked to serve you or to protect you in some way yeah and people pleasing comes up in my mind a lot because which is such a boundary issue as well um yeah yeah Wow, that was, again, I'm having a lot of these aha moments. I'm so glad we're talking because, um, yeah, the physical boundaries. I was sexually abused repeatedly as a child by multiple predators. But again, what you just said just so resonates to my core because I think it really was a part of it. 
um, mm. in realizing that in order to be loved, I, I couldn't have these, these boundaries on my body of mm. um, the physical. So yeah, very cool. Well, thank you. Beautiful. Let if I may, could I ask sure. you one more question? Sure, sure. Um, I loved hearing about your book and you writing about your journey to okay. triumph. And I wondered if there was one thing that you might tell your younger self, what would that be? Like looking back on the arc of your journey. Oh my gosh. One thing that I would tell my younger self, I think is, is my hashtag that I use a lot is never give up. Mm. Um, and I think that's because I didn't, I had, um, a high resilience score because I had mm -hmm. caring, caring adults in place. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I could just sit little Terry on my lap, I want one, I'd want to give her lots of hugs and snuggles and, you know, tell her it was, everything's okay. Um, but to just keep going um, and that she's going to make it through and find her way for, out of the darkness and into the light. So, yeah. Mm. That's powerful. <laughs> So inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yeah, that's a good question. Boy, that's like, that's journal material right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and that's, so that's, that's the kind of work you do with your clients then is have them, you know, look at their, their younger selves. I do love inner child work. I do. Yeah. I loved how you said that about having little Terry come and be in your lap and giving her lots of love and affection and kindness. Um, a lot of us have an opportunity as adults to reparent ourselves in appropriate ways and provide our inner child with what we didn't get as kids. And so... I love how you have integrated that as part of your journey of healing um, and that you are kind and gentle and nurturing to your inner child. I love that. Um, that's beautiful. Uh, I hear people and they have such negative self-talk, you know, an inner uh, monologue. And when I say, would you tell your friend that, you know, they're like, no, that would be so mean. And I'm like, well, would you tell a little child that and you're like, no, that would be awful. And so sometimes it feels easier to conceptualize that inner child and give the kindness that we deserved as children to our inner child and then being able to transition that really for ourselves. Right. So yeah. I just love that concept. Beautiful. That's so funny. I, you know, I told you before we hit record, I, maybe I said at the beginning that I had grabbed a journal. I grabbed a brand new blank one. I, I, I have so many journals going. It's like, I love journals. Journal, my, you know, my gold journal. I have all these journal journals and I love it. So I picked this one up and I was like, Oh, it's blank. <laughs> like I haven't written in it yet. That's awesome. And so what I wrote, and I'm just going to read this to you is I had written down self-care strategies I was going to do for myself today, which was drink my tea, which I've been sipping on, uh, walk at least 30 minutes, which I did with Sammy this morning. But as I wrote, you know, my little checklist of things and some self-care things I want to make sure I do for me today, I wrote, I love you tea, meaning myself. Mm -hmm. You are worthy of self-care and self-love. Stop being critical of you. Start being encouraging. And so mm -hmm. that, that was what I wrote in my journal to myself today. And so that made me think about, you know, how to talk to myself, that little Terry, and that's in that way. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. <laughs>
That's great. It makes you feel good inside, right? Like some oh, people yeah. are like, okay, I don't have an inner child. I'm like, but you do. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Beautiful. All right. So how do people get a hold of you? Where do they find you? Um, they can find me on my website, um, harmonypsychotherapy.com. Um, I have a little bit of a social media presence. Welcome to connect with me, uh, Faith Doolin MFT on Facebook. Um, I'm marriage therapist on Instagram, trying to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to uh, connect with um, the people that have connected with you because you're super cool. So I know they will be too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and it, it, I still get the Instagram thing. I was doing Instagram for a while, and then I was like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I know there's a, there's like a science behind it. And then I tried Twitter, and my son, my little child, Jake, oh my gosh, well he cracks me up anyway. But he was like, Mom, you cannot hashtag on Twitter. I was like, I totally thought hashtags are what you're supposed to do on Twitter. I, I don't get it. So yeah, Twitter's way over my head. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my colleagues was like, you know, if you enjoy working with a 20 something age group, which I do see a lot, um, you should use TikTok and Snapchat for social media marketing. I was like, I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, I'm not there either doing little songs and whatever. Yeah, no. All right. Well, this has been wonderful. And again, I really thank you for joining me and um, yeah, and sharing your beautiful work and, and thank you for shining the light of hope into the lives of the people you work with and into the world. Thank you, Terry, for creating this space and for having me be able to be a part of it today. And just hearing little tiny pieces of your story today have been really inspiring for me and I can't wait to read your book. Oh, thanks. I know I've got to get on it. I promise I'll get on it. All right, right, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.